Welcome to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast. The show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina, owner of Quotable Media Co., a PR and media company. After nearly 10 years of building a PR agency, I've learned a lot about business and entrepreneurship, but the most valuable things have always come through conversation with other women who have been in it too, and I want to share all of that with you. So sit back, fill your coffee cup up, and listen in. Do you consider yourself 50% creative and 50% business? If you want to expand your entrepreneurial portfolio with a rewarding new opportunity, listen up. This episode is brought to you by Platform by Raw Artists, which is a licensing program for creative entrepreneurs with a knack for event production and a love for the arts. After 14 years in business, Raw Artists, who's produced arts events all over the globe, is giving select entrepreneurs their tools, technology, and trademark to plan, produce, and promote their own for-profit art showcases. Think franchising, but with way more control. If you've been looking for your next opportunity to earn a great living doing something you're passionate about, this is your sign. Learn more and apply for an exclusive license in your city at www.rawartists.com slash platform. I am thrilled to have Casey Ackerman on here today talking with me. She is the CEO of Casey Ackerman. Um, and what do you, uh, l- I'll let you explain what exactly that is. I love a, uh, I love a self-named business. So <laughs> before yeah. we dive into everything, what are you about? What's your business? What do you do? <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, first off. Um, And the reason I just used my business is in case I ever want to pivot. (laughs) Um, But mainly, I am a systems and ClickUp expert. So I focus on saving CEOs five to 10 hours in their week. I've also helped over a 1,000 business owners save time with ClickUp and systems. Um, So that's my whole focus. Love it. I love ClickUp. So I'm excited to talk more about that. Um, Let's start, though, with, um, yeah, just I love to start with kind of hearing straight from you, like how you got your business started. Where did it come from? Where did that like originate? And then we can kind of go from there into like what that journey has been like for you. Yeah. So I am a um, COVID business, if you will. Mm. So I I was a office manager for like seven years and we were for, for, sorry, (laughs) we were furloughed and, um, our office closed and I just had this feeling of, wow, someone like totally controls my life. (laughs) That's not me. And I didn't like that. And so I quickly jumped on a phone call with my cousin that started freelancing, I think a year before me. And I always had it in the back of my head of like, no, this can't be real. Like there's no way she replaced her teaching salary by doing a work from home, you know, business thing. And I was wrong, obviously, (laughs) um, because she told me how she got started. So I dived in and I replaced my um, management job salary within three months. I didn't return to work when our office reopened. Um, And it has just flourished from there. I, in 20... In 2020, I I became a certified online business manager. I went through um, a course for that. And then I also honed in on ClickUp. And I've been using ClickUp this whole time, so for three years. And I now focus solely on serving people with ClickUp. That 
is amazing. So had you ever used ClickUp before you decided to like start a business? No, I did not. <laughs> I love it because also I feel I feel like everybody that I know who uses ClickUp is business owners. Like it's small businesses that use ClickUp a lot, like for productivity and team management and stuff. Um, and I've and nobody I know who's not in the business world like has ever used it. So that's like a it seems like a funny thing to like jump right into. Like, hey, this is what I'm gonna do. Yeah. It, so for me, um, a small little story about me, when I was in like high school, I used to daydream about like working in an office and doing admin stuff. And like, that was like my, what I wanted to do when I grew up type thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like it just evolved into like hyper over or, uh, organization and like mm -hmm. serious systems and workflows that really produce efficiency in your life um, and business. So for me, it wasn't like, it wasn't really like this thing of, oh, I've never done it before. Maybe I'll like it. I already knew that I loved organization and saving time. And now I figured out a way to help other people do that. Yeah. You're like, I can actually do this all the time with a lot of different businesses rather than like just being like, it sounds like you were like the office manager of one one office, one business, you can actually right. do it for a lot of other small businesses when you're on yeah, this end and of things. I work with so many different businesses. It's, it keeps it really fun. You know, I get, I get a new challenge, you know, anytime I work with a different business because everyone does things a little different. And I love that because I also can get really bored if I just do the same thing over and over. So in my, you know, office management job, it was very mundane because I just did the mm -hmm. same thing for the same business every day. So this also excites me and keeps me on my toes and learning new things. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of fun. How did you go into like the, how did you like first get your first couple of clients? Like what you said sounded pretty impressive that you had, you basically like made as much money in three months or like had built up a client base within the first three months to replace that salary you'd been getting. How did you get your first couple of clients? And like, what did that look like, I guess, to get to that stage? Cause that sounds like pretty quick growth. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't working, obviously. So I had, I had, you know, time, all the time to <laughs> put into my business, you know, That's and true. I, I do, it is impressive, but it's also, I feel like there's different variables that come into play. So I currently don't have any kids and they obviously didn't then. Mm -hmm. Um, but also, um, I didn't have a job per se. I was waiting until my office reopened. So I was able to put, you know, my 40 hour work week into my business. And mm -hmm. I did invest in a course on how to start your freelance business. And mm -hmm. she really helps through that course, explain um, how to get clients and how to network and how to reach out to people, either cold pitch or how to apply to jobs. And so I really focused, I would say probably an hour to two hours every single day networking on mm -hmm. Facebook. And mm -hmm. I found all of my clients through Facebook groups. Um, I applied jobs. I had this whole little process that I would do in the morning and the afternoon where I would scroll through and try and answer questions and I would post post things. And then I also would go in and apply to jobs. I was applying to probably seven to 10 jobs, like every single day. Mm. Um, so like I, if you will, hustled. I don't like that word, <laughs> but... Um, you know, my goal was to not go back to work and that was how I was going to achieve that goal. Yeah. And so I will say my first client was not glamorous. It was 
um, $15 an hour. So it was not like I just started landing these massive clients or anything, you know, mm-hmm. at, at $30 or $40 an hour or anything like that. Um, but it gave me the confidence to get where I needed to go, you right. know, to you get that to first client and land it. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, it was just a lot of hard work. <laughs> Yeah. No. It's so when you say you were applying for jobs at the same time, was that like for full time jobs, like in case you did go go back to like an office job or were the, that was like if somebody had like a business management like position open that you were that would become a client kind of thing, like a part time. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't any full time employee mm-hmm. jobs. It was all just through like where Facebook groups say like job op and okay. there's a job description and you apply yeah. to it or whatever or you leave your portfolio. Um, in there. And then the course that I took actually had a job board as well. Mm. So there were a lot of um, jobs posted in there pretty frequently that were hiring freelancers. So I never was applying to like a full-time work from home employee status okay. type job. It was all like um, client. It was all building yes. a business. Like the intention Correct. of it. Yes. I love that. I yeah. love how you took like such action like about like, I don't want to go back to work. Like I just feel like some people would have wallowed on the couch for like, you know, those three months being like, oh my God, I got laid off or furloughed or whatever, you know, the world is ending with COVID. And you're like an example of actually totally flipping that in the other direction and being like, actually, I'm going to take charge of my life now and take this time to actually build a business that I, that I can have forever. I love that. Yeah. It's, it's been a really fun journey (laughs) with lots of ups and downs. Yeah. So what is your, like, what does it look like now, I guess? Like what kind of clients are you working with and what, or what does that day-to-day look like? What are you doing kind of more on the back end? Yeah. So I focus on typically online service providers, um, but I do work with other um, brick and mortar style businesses as well that need project management. And so I work in a VIP status. So I only do VIP days Mm. or a VIP week, depending on, you know, what the client needs. And um, so my day-to-day is really freeing um, because I don't have retainer clients anymore. That's amazing. And I really focus on um, Mondays are dedicated to my business. So I do things like write emails for my newsletter. I, you know, record content or write captions, you know, those different things. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are typically always client-focused or podcast recording. Mm-hmm. And then Fridays are a free for all. So I either have appointments, you know, in my personal life or I work because I want to, or I lay on the couch all day. <laughs> Love it. Yes. So when so, you say like, oh, sorry, were you, was there more that you were going to say? Oh, no, I was just going to say it's, it's very, um, it's very scheduled, but not at the same time. Yeah. I have a lot of, I have a lot of white space on my calendar. I love that. I want to hear more about how you, it sounds like you used to have like retainer clients, but then you moved away from that to do more of like the VIP days and weeks. That, um, sounds intriguing. Tell me more. Yeah. So I had four retainer clients as an OBM and, um, typically just for reference, they're usually 20 hours or more a month. So when you take four, that's kind of maxing out my mental capacity, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, and also in 2021, I, um, had quite a few different things happen in my life, but the biggest one was that I was diagnosed with cancer Mm. and I had to go through treatment and, and all this stuff. And it really opened my eyes to, Almost like, so technically, obviously I wasn't their employee, but it almost felt like that a little bit still because Mm -hmm. I had this thing happen in my life and 
I had to basically not shut my business down, but I had to prorate them for different things that was going on. I had, you know, Mm. three surgeries and obviously I couldn't work. And so I was losing a lot of money, if you will, um, through that process. And it just made me realize there has to be like a better way where if I need to do something or if something happens in my life, I have the flexibility of not worrying about things. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, it sounds like what we all need. (laughs) Sounds like what we all want at least. Um, Yeah, Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like even with clients, it's like a certain level of responsibility. It's like, and it can be a huge level of responsibility because it's actually like, not even like you can take sick days, like from a job and still get paid. It's like, okay, if my clients feel like I'm not here for them, they're going to not renew their contract or something. And then it's all on me and then I have nothing. So... I could see that. So, so at, so at that time you did have clients though, and you were dealing with like illness and you were like, I need to change that, like swap this, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? (laughs) Business structure? Pivot? Yeah. Well, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, which I definitely pivoted and it took some time to get in the, the space that I'm in now, but I'm a big believer in like investing in things to, for the ROI, if you Mm -hmm. will. So, um, when I figured out that I wanted to do this, I had this plan. And also this is the other funny thing that happens in business. Things never go as planned. Mm -hmm. Um, but I had this plan for 2022 because all this happened in 2021 towards the end. And then I also was still in treatment, um, for, I think like the first quarter of 2022, I think everything finished around March, but Anyway, so I had this plan that I was going to keep all of my retainer clients until the end of 2022. And during that time, I was going to build up how to structure my VIP days and how I was going to offer them and and different stuff like that. Okay, well, I lost all of my clients within two months Mm. in like March and April. (laughs) So immediately it was like, I had let one go on my own accord because I was starting to kind of phase things out and change Mm -hmm. some things. But then the other two decided to end services due to like financial reasons in their business. And so I was like, okay, well, that didn't go as planned. Mm -hmm. So I immediately invested in a program that teaches you how to really structure your VIP days, how to market them, how to, you know, figure out all of the ins and outs of everything. And I invested in that. I did that. And then now since, I believe since um, June of last year, I've been exclusively VIP days um, and have the income that I want. Like it's actually, it took some time to market and figure out how to market. But once I figured it out, it's now just, that's what I do. Oh my God. Wait, I'm going to ask you more about that because (laughs) that, yeah, to me, that sounds a little stressful in a way. Like, yes, you're only working maybe like one day of the month with a client rather than like all month long. But do you feel like, are you having to kind of like constantly be finding new people to do these VIP days with? And like, that sounds stressful to me for some reason. I don't know. (laughs) It is stressful sometimes. (laughs) Um, my goal when I did the program was to be at least a month booked out, Mm -hmm. which so far I've always been at least a month, sometimes six, six to eight weeks. How Um, far, so how many a month do you do? Like, what does that mean? Like to be booked up? What does that look like? 
Um, so I like doing three a month. Mm, um, okay. And that allows me to have an entire week out of the month where I don't have any client stuff and I can really just either rest or focus on stuff in my business or, you know, do podcasts, whatever, those types mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like doing three a month. And then I also like doing, or I like doing two VIP days and one VIP week. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on what gets scheduled. So like for for February, I did one VIP week and I had two VIP days. Um, so it kind of just depends on what what's going on with my clients at the time. Mm-hmm. But I have to market a lot. So there is this, this idea of like, oh, if you offer VIP days, you only work you know, one, two, three days a week or a month. That is not true. (laughs) They're lying to you. (laughs) Right. That's what I feel like people do make things sound like, or like, oh, like, yeah, get these big ticket um, clients. And then, you know, you only have to have like one or two a month or whatever. And, but I'm like, but you're having to get a new, like, okay. So for, for a little bit of background, like if you don't know me, like my business um, is a PR agency. So like we work with long-term retainer clients. So we only have a few clients at a time, but they're working with us for like a year or at least six months. And so to me, like, it's a, such a different mindset. I'm like hardly ever trying to bring on new clients. Mm -hmm. And so when I see people who have a business, I mean, obviously it's just a different mindset. Like I'm sure if you're used to doing that, it's a different thing. But for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, the idea of like having to be like constantly getting like one or two new, even one or two new clients a month seems like a lot of effort would have to go into that. Yeah. So I, um, I have a great, um, network. And so I get a lot of referrals, um, which works Mm -hmm. fantastic. A lot of people are referring me in Facebook groups or they're emailing me with referrals, different stuff like that. So I do have that quite a bit, but then also I changed my messaging and my marketing. And so in my marketing, I only talk about my VIP services. Mm. I don't talk about anything else. And again, I always, um, which you probably know this, but roughly like your efforts are three months behind you, if you will, when mm-hmm. you're you're marketing things. And so I had a lull in 2022 where it was like, skin and bones, you know, <laughs> of like, I don't have a retainer client. I have like one VIP day, but I just stuck with it. Mm-hmm. And once, once you kind of get over that hump, every person that comes to me knows exactly why they're coming to me. So mm-hmm. I actually like it because I don't really have to vet my leads because every single lead that's coming to me knows that it's for a VIP day or a week, you know, mm-hmm. and we talk about that on our call. Um, but it's, there's no more question of like, oh, I don't know what I need. I'm just going to chat with you and see if like my budget works or see if you can do this or that. And so it's very specific And um, I think also just building up my name and my brand has really helped with that as well. So I'm not, I don't feel like I have to constantly sell, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just doing my, you know, regular marketing. I'm doing my emails. I'm doing the, the different things that I do to network with people. And that just brings things in. Though my husband will probably say differently. My husband will probably say, if you brought on a retainer client, you'd be less stressed out. (laughs) But it totally depends. I mean, it totally depends. Then it's like, as you said, you're at the mercy of, I mean, sort of like, obviously you have control, but like, there's a certain level of 
like feeling like you have to produce, you know, whatever it is yeah. that like they're yeah. going to want. And it might not, of course we want to say it's always like, you know, going to be aligned with what you want to do. And like, it's a, if it's a client you like to work with, you're going to want to do that work. But like, so yeah, not always, not always. <laughs> <laughs> like you definitely will feel and, guilt in like having to do certain things or even just the time of like, Oh, I said I would get this done by like this week. And like, now I have to make sure that happens or things like that. I yeah. feel like. Well, and another thing too, is when I, when I onboarded clients, I told them my boundaries because I don't like working Fridays. I mm-hmm. never worked Fridays in my like office management job either because oh, our nice. office was closed. So like, I'm just so used to not working Fridays, but I felt like I had to be in their business every day as their manager. Mm-hmm. So even if I wasn't working Fridays, I would still log in in the morning and double check that things are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially you know, just, as like a, a business manager, it's like such a internal part. I don't know. It just seems like such a like needed part of their business that if they get used to having someone doing these things, they probably would call on you like at any time to be like, I do this. (laughs) Like, it's not even like, I feel like there are some industries where it's easier to be like, okay, here are the hours I work and like, here are the days I'll be available and things like that. But when it comes to like the back end of someone else's business, I could see it getting very demanding. Yeah. And so, and so I always tell my husband, I'm not doing that. (laughs) I I don't want to. Um, and I think, um, the stress or pressure is actually more like Mm self-inflicted than actual, like, cause it always works like every, every month, like everything Mm -hmm. is fine. And so I think it is a little bit of mindset that probably I should work on, but here we are. (laughs) And I'm like Um, the one like projecting it onto you. So I'm sorry. (laughs) Clearly you can see like my, I have it too. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I, uh, see this as far worth it over not worth it, if you will, um, with the freedom that I have. And just things happened in my life in 2021 that I realized I wanted more freedom. And then also like, um, once I do have kids, I want to be able to be very present in their Mm -hmm. life. And we, we've talked about maybe homeschooling or doing like a hybrid thing. And I want my business to be able to work around all of that and not have my business constantly dictating my life. Yeah, totally. Well, and I, that's a good segue for one of the things that we were, that you had mentioned before, which was like building in emergency systems into your business. I feel like there, well, there's more I want to ask you about like ClickUp and how you work with clients too, but maybe we can get to that afterwards if we have time. But I was like really interested in some of the things that you talk about in terms of like having these systems built into your business, which I imagine is things that you help your clients do too. So it is still related to how you work with clients. But, um, I imagine that came, did that come out of like the things that you were dealing with personally and like the things you had to do in your own business or was that kind of like emergency preparedness? I don't know if that's the term, but like, was that something you already like were helping people with and you already like had systems around or like, how did that come from and tell people like what I'm talking about? (laughs) Yeah. So I've, I've mentioned a couple of times, 2021 was a lot. Um, so I'm going to give you a very quick rundown. (laughs) Um, so in April of 2021, I had emergency surgery and was in the hospital for seven days. Um, in 
in June, we got married and was in Hawaii for oh uh, like the marriage in Hawaii was like a month that was planned, but it still happened in 2021. But it was like and right then, after that was like only a couple months after this emergency yes. surgery. Oh my gosh. Right. And then um, my husband got an offer to move out of state for a job. So um, that was very unplanned. We had to move within a month. Mm. And, and then in that, while we were moving in October, that's when I was diagnosed with cancer. Oh so all of that happened in 2021. Wow. <laughs> and it definitely inspired my systems for unprepared situations um, because you know, we always talk about, and I know you see this in the online space, we always talk about like planning for maternity leave or planning for vacations or being like not present in your business for a month or whatever, those mm -hmm. different things. And you plan for all of that because you know that it's going to happen. But the things that no one talks about is when things don't go as planned and things happen that you have no control over and what's your process for when that happens? So it definitely stemmed from me experiencing all of these things. So in April, when that happened, I luckily had a virtual assistant and um, she was able to, you know, let my clients know that I was in the hospital and, and all that, but we still didn't really have anything in place to sustain the fact that I was I was in the hospital for a week and then I had like another two weeks of recovery once I got home. And mm. Basically, I just had to um, not charge my clients the following month. Basically, they got a month free of service because mm. that happened in April. And I didn't want to do that. Yeah. I didn't ever again, you know? Yeah. So um, I worked with my virtual assistant and we built out, we literally have an SOP for every single thing we do in our business. Um, for her, for me, literally every task in our business has an SOP. Um, and then also we have a directory in our ClickUp. So all of this is also in ClickUp, just so just to throw that out there. But mm. we have a directory in ClickUp that has all of the team members on our team. And they also have um, email, phone number, emergency contact, and then also status. So if they're active, maybe they're on maternity leave, maybe they're on vacation. So like we can always see at all times, like what's going on with our team. And then we also have, um, just like a process built out. So if you can't get a hold of a team member for X amount of days, which seems normal, mm -hmm. you would reach out to their emergency contact just to make sure like, Hey, I haven't heard from them. Is everything okay? You know, so we can make sure that we're taking care of what we need to take care of. If I am in an emergency situation, my head virtual assistant takes over things and delegates while I'm out. And it's all based off of what we work together to build. And it's mm -hmm. all written inside ClickUp so anybody can view it at any time, how to prepare or what to do when somebody is out based off of an emergency. Smart. Sounds very smart. <laughs> it it took a lot of work to figure that stuff out and also to figure out how to notify people I think is the biggest piece because we're also virtual mm -hmm. to not know so and also not putting stuff on your spouse um because if you're in an emergency more than likely your spouse or you know significant other or whatever is dealing with that emergency as well. And the last thing they need to do is go like email somebody in your business, you know, yeah. um, or try and, try and figure that stuff out. So we have, we have a system of, um, 
lack of being able to get a hold of somebody. And that's how we we do things because I don't want it on my husband to make sure that he's alerting my virtual assistant. So we have it set up where she has his phone number. And if she doesn't get a hold of me within, you know, like three regular business days, because we talk every single day. So that would be odd for me mm-hmm. not to respond to her. She would be able to text him and say, hey, I've been able to hold, get a hold of Casey. Is there an emergency? And he can just say yes. And then she knows all the steps to take care of. Hmm. Wow. This is like something that you're obviously never want to have to use, but yeah. <laughs> you're like, it's something that would be smart to have so that if something ever does come up, people aren't like freaking out. It's like, okay, we know what to do. We know what steps to take. Yeah. And, you know, so when it happened in April, we didn't have this stuff. And yeah. I, so much happened in that week in the hospital that I actually don't remember barely any of it, hmm. but Either me or my husband at some point told my virtual assistant, I don't know who, but it was on one of us to do that. Um, So she was able to at least email my clients and let them know. But like, I don't even remember any of that. So that means that it was put on my husband to try and even figure out how to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because like, he doesn't talk to her and I don't have her phone number. We used Voxer. And so he's on my phone trying to find Voxer. He knows her first name, but what if I have multiple people in there with the same name, you know? Um, So all of those different things just very much like brought to our attention after that happened in in April. And, and so we sat down and we figured out what it would look like. Um, are we not, if it's a long period of time, are we notifying our email people? Are we setting up a vacation, um, auto response in our support email and our regular email Mm. different, like figuring out how to let your audience know, are you going to put a little pin a post on your Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn that you are, you know, you'll be back or something to, mm. it just depends on what you want to do and how you want to have those things happen. And the reason I wanted to do this and the reason that I actually talk about it is because my business pays some of our bills. So we are a two income household. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't have the income, then, you know, we are using savings or we're doing other things. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the point of that is I don't want my business to go up in flames yep. <laughs> or die or, you know, lose all of my clients because I had something happen. You know, I had an emergency and then they didn't hear from me for a week and they're like, oh, Ciara, I found somebody else, you know. Right. So that's kind of how it all stemmed. And I just think it's important, even if you just have a directory of like your team members and have those SOPs in place, like just to start, you know, because it's yeah. a lot to to build all at one time. And I think it's really important to start small. So just having at least a way to contact them outside of Voxer or Slack or whatever business tool you use, I think is important. Yeah, that's a great point. And then do you consider having like SOPs for everything you do kind of a part of that? Or is that just like something everybody should already have in their business anyways, like not related to emergencies? Or is that yeah. like part of the like, kind of like being prepared? I feel like it's a plus. Because yeah. <laughs> I do think that everyone should already have them. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times you don't have them and then stuff happens and you're like, oh, wow, maybe I should have had this stuff written, you yeah. know, ahead of time. 
Um, so I think that it's something that everyone should have in place already. Anything you do more than once in your business should have an SOP, mm-hmm. even if that's just a Loom video to get started, um, a screen recording, you know, just to get started. And then you can have your VA or somebody like write that out. And actually, um, the new AI services can write SOPs for you, which is really cool. I found that oh. out from a friend of mine last week. So you can make things easier. How do they do that? Is it like from a video um, or something or? Yeah. So, so I recorded a loom video and I sent it over to my virtual assistant and I told her, I was like, Hey, one of my friends said that they're using chat GPT to do this. And so she looked into it and, um, I don't know exactly how she did all of it because she just kind of took it over for me, mm. but she, she sent me a Voxer and she was like, it just wrote like my entire SOP in oh less God. than five minutes. <laughs> what? Okay. I need to look into that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So apparently you like use the transcript from Loom and you mm-hmm. give it to chat GPT and then you tell it that you want like a written process and she sent it to me and there was just a few tweaks she had to make and then also add in. We like to use screenshots throughout our SOPs as well, just to kind of show them where things are. Mm-hmm. So she just had to add those and that tweak like it. a couple of things, but it was literally like step-by-step step oh and it just wrote it, wrote it for her. Yeah. Wow. So they're not hard to do anymore. I feel like there's yeah. no excuse to not have SOPs. Totally. Are there like three like top SOPs that you usually like always start with for businesses if you're if you're working with them or like you're that's one of the things you do like on a VIP day, I assume? I do SOPs in my VIP weeks. Okay. Um, and so they are always usually custom to what the what we're building for the client. I include SOPs in that. But when you are talking just like on your own, I think it's really important to have SOPs for how to track time, how to manage your email inbox, how to schedule out your social media content, how to um, maybe manage your calendar, things that are very easily able to offload mm-hmm. and not have to train for is what is is where you should start with SOPs, maybe even how to use your project management tool. So if you're using ClickUp, have a little SOP on like how to add a task, how to, you know, um, comment on things, like kind of your process for stuff. And same with, you know, Asana or Trello, whatever you use, because it allows the onboarding process as well to be very easy for you to offboard things. And you are not, you know, dreading the fact of like, I know I need help, but I just don't have the time to bring someone on and sit on a Zoom call and train them, you know, for two hours you don't have to do all of that. When you have SOPs, you're able to hire somebody, which obviously that part takes time. You're going through your applications and you're, you know, doing Zoom interviews. But after that, your onboarding is very straightforward and they actually onboard themselves. So my process is we have an onboarding list in ClickUp and we add them to that. And it actually says like, read these SOPs, comment, on this task, if you have questions about those SOPs, review your tasks and ask us if you have questions. So like in their onboarding process, before they even start doing stuff, they are reviewing things to make sure they understand what we are asking from them so that they can confidently execute their tasks. Yeah. And then you don't have to go over any of it in person, like, or like you don't have to spend your time doing that kind of like basic level, like here's how to do things. Yeah. Yeah. That's really smart. That's why I say everyone should have SOPs. <laughs> yeah. I wish, I feel like I don't have nearly as many as I should. And the reason I ask you like where to start is because 
I always find, um, not to make this about me, but <laughs> I always find that like my business, like it's, I don't have like a typical, like online business kind of business. Like it's, we work with clients with very like specific strategy work and we reach out to media in very different ways for each different client and different, you know, depending on what we're doing, it's like very different. And I'm always a little bit jealous of people who I see like their business just seems very like systematized. Like this is how we do this. This is how we do this. And like everything falls into that category. And I feel like so much of ours is sort of like, um, I don't even know the word, like, I want to say like up in the air, but I really just mean like, I guess so tailored and personalized to the client and like, you know, the kind of project we're doing for them, even if essentially like our services are all very the same, you know, it's like media outreach to do this or that. Um, but I know there are a lot of like kind of the behind the scenes in business things that we really should have more written down (laughs) or more mapped out, like in a way that people could just look at it and know how to do it. Um, but I think I always get kind of like caught up in the idea of like, oh, my business is not that cut and dry. So I can't like write it all down like that. But I definitely could start with like how we use, like we do use ClickUp. So we could definitely be like, here's how you do it. And like, here's how you, yeah. Even things like how we manage like social media content, like even that stuff I could be, I could be writing down and I do not have any procedures for those. So there's definitely the back end, but then you can even, so you, um, I think the term is like bespoke. Is that what it is? Yeah. Where you kind of build custom packages, if you will. Um, for your clients. So you could though, because I would assume you're PR, right? Mm -hmm. So you reach out to different media platforms based off of what your client is wanting to like their goals. Right. Right. So you could have the process of reaching out to people is more than likely the same. Like you go and you research for X things and then I would assume you pitch them via email or whatever, mm-hmm. like LinkedIn, whatever your your thing is. So you can think about the leading up and then also the aftermath. So like if they say yes, what yeah. is your process for getting that client all set up to, you know, be featured in that media platform or whatever. So there's pieces there. Yeah. And then also, um, so if you are pitching, I'm just going to use a podcast, for example, but if mm-hmm. you're pitching podcast, you can have templates set up. And so the onboarding process would be getting those templates ready for the client, because obviously that does need to be custom to what the client's goals are and what they can talk about and stuff like that. But once that onboarding phase is done, you can have an SOP that is pretty much the same for every client. Like this is how we pitch for podcasts and you will utilize this template and pick this, you know, you'll, you'll pick the topic and you'll send it out and then you follow up, you know, maybe 30 days later, if you don't hear back and then another follow-up, you know, 60 days later, and then you archive if you don't hear from them. And then if they say, yes, this is our process. Yeah, that's actually a great point. And now that you say that, I'm glad you used podcasts as an example because we do pitch podcasts a lot. Um, And now that you say that, we actually, that is like the one thing that we do have written out is like after you've secured it, like if we've pitched a podcast and they've said yes, we do actually have like a written out sheet of like, here's what to do to make sure like afterwards. So that's a great example. We could probably bring that into some of the other forms of outreach and the other kinds of things that we do a similar thing for some reason with podcasts 
it does feel a little more cut and dry. So I guess we did like I did one time make a list for that. And also because it's something that like honestly like newer younger greener team members do a lot of our podcast outreach because it is a lot it's a lot simpler in a lot of ways it is a lot more cut and dry so that's why we have it written out is because like a lot of times like when we have a new assistant account manager like she'll be the one who's like handling podcast or at least the aftermath because there is a lot that goes into it kind of in terms of like making sure it's in everybody's calendar in the right way and that the client has this certain information by a certain day because sometimes you don't have you know all the details right away once they say yes to the interview and but you'll need to yeah. make sure you get them by a certain so we have like those things right now so that's a great example of how I can see that working but you're absolutely right that we could have some general kind of procedures even like for other kinds of outreach too like even if it's you know editorial outreach here's what to do if they don't respond or here's what to do if they do respond and just kind of like write down those timelines and like that kind of stuff so thank you I should think about this more. (laughs) Well, and then the great thing is you mentioned you guys use ClickUp. You can actually systemize that in ClickUp where you have um, due dates that are triggering based off follow-ups. And then you guys know exactly like when you're supposed to follow up and um, you could have, you know, like automated emails sent out based off of what follow-up you're sending. And there's a lot of fun things you can do in ClickUp as well. So I just want to put that in your head as well. Oh, great. Good to know. (laughs) We'll need to do a VIP day. Uh, Yeah, no, I know there's so much more to do in ClickUp than what we do, by the way. I know we're like not utilizing as much as it should. Well, okay. That's a great, like, I feel, I feel like we could probably talk about this stuff all day and get my business in order, but, um, (laughs) I, oh, tell us, I guess I'm still curious. Like, what is the difference between a VIP day and a VIP week? Not to make this be like a, a selling spiel for your <laughs> business, yeah. but I feel like everybody's probably wondering that. So I need you to at least tell us that. Um, and then I have like something, one other thing I want to ask you. Yeah. Um, so it really just comes down to client needs and how much time things would take me. So a VIP day is typically six hours and we usually work on only like streamlining and automating one process versus a week Mm. is we are looking at your business as a very holistic thing. And we start connecting, like I said, like automated emails or automated things via Zapier based off of where your onboarding process is. Um, And so a week is more, like I said, that holistic look in your business where a VIP day is very cut and dry of like, we're going to automate or systematize one process in your ClickUp. Um, And it typically doesn't include like outside integrations. It's usually all ClickUp only versus the week we look at outside integrations and we see how we can connect things and basically just save you more time. And one thing I love saying is like allowing ClickUp to be an additional team member for you. Um, mm-hmm. Because when you have all those pieces, it starts like doing a lot for you. And you're like, wow, I didn't even have to remember to do it because ClickUp did it for me. Yeah, I do love like those automations and stuff. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, fun. Really nice. <laughs> awesome. I love it. That's so cool. And I love that you've just built that like built the business around what you want and need and been able to make that be the structure of your business that you're just doing these days or these weeks and not taking on retainer clients anymore since that wasn't what you, what was making you happy anymore. I just, I love it. We have so much possibility to create the business and life that we want, don't we? We really do. And I think like if you have, you know, 
I guess your why, if you will. I know people talk about that and it's very cliche, but it really works. <laughs> so if you have, like my why is so big that I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to make it where like I get to have true freedom in my life. I get to be very present once we have kids. I get to homeschool them if I want to. Like those pieces are so important to me that I made my business work that way and I've built it in a way that's going to support me when those things happen. Yes, I love that. I always ask people, what's one thing that you wish you had known more about when you first started your business? Is there one thing you can pinpoint? Um, I feel like I wish I would have known about like the VIP day structure sooner, mm. you know, and just and just went all in immediately, if you will. <laughs> mm, yeah. But at the same time, it's like I really enjoyed my journey because I got to find what I like and I don't like, and I got to experiment in different areas and yeah. And, and getting to work to... with different clients. Did that give you like a better perspective on like how you can it serve did. people at a VIP day? Cause you've had those different experiences. Yeah, it did. And it, it also um, really showed me like what I don't want to do and what mm. I, uh, or who I don't want to work with as well. You know, yeah. there's, there's different pieces there. And so, but I do kind of wish that I knew about, this business model sooner. So I don't know. I guess it's bittersweet. I don't know. I don't think that's the right term, but (laughs) no, it's fine. I mean, that's what like, that's what a lot of people say is like, you know, it would have been nice to know this thing, but also like, I feel like I needed to not know it until I knew it kind of thing. But I think it's still helpful for people to get to hear those, you know, what, what that is for you because yeah, maybe somebody else will, will decide to do VIP days from the beginning, or maybe they never thought of it before. And now they're going to look into it and it's still helpful for someone else. Yeah. What's um, any last word of advice you'd want, want to share with other entrepreneurs? Um, don't, don't sit on getting your systems in place. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's usually on the back burner for a lot of people, but it's just really important to build systems for where you want to be in your business. And if you are in that solopreneur stage or the newer business stage and you're like, oh, I can just do stuff manually. It's fine. I only have, you know, two clients. Think about how your business would be sustainable if you had 10 clients. And if those systems would not work, then think about what you need to make that work because your business is going to blow up overnight and you're going to all of a sudden be like, I have no idea how to serve any of them without working sun up to sundown. Mm. So don't sit on them. Just start thinking about them and start putting them in place because they're important. Yeah. Great word of advice. Thank you so much. Can you tell people where they can find you if they want to connect with you after this, where they can obviously find you if they want to hire you, but also like if they want to just shoot you a message or connect in a deeper way? Yeah. Um, I hang out on Instagram. So I am um, Casey Ackerman on Instagram. Please come say hello to me. I love connecting and making new friends. Um, And then also if you do want to learn more about my services, uh, my website is CaseyAckerman.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Casey. I'm so happy we got to talk today. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast, wherever you listen. So you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes. So other people will be able to find us easily. 
Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you've heard on the show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and contact links are always in the show notes or online at quotablemediaco.com slash podcast. If you want to join the community of other female millennial entrepreneurs, join our Facebook group by searching female millennial entrepreneurs on Facebook. Talk to you soon and see you there.